This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balqis, with Omnia Sar, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, as Omnia likes to call it, today is hump day. Oh, yeah. No. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Is it Tuesday? I felt yeah. like it was Wednesday. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it is hump day. I hope you're all having a great start and end your week we're in the midpoint of the week hope you're all excited to learn the latest about what is happening in the tech world in the uae and all around the world i'm very excited for today's story because they involve lots of friendly friends that we have right here on the show the robots the robots that we love to talk about they are making an appearance once again and we're going to be discussing how robots right here in the uae will help you get your driving license within a few steps Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, we're also talking about Ednock and how they have first they oh they have actually opened the first fully autonomous cashierless store right here in the UAE. Now we do know at the Ednock petrol stations, mm-hmm. we go in you know to get some snacks, drink some water. Sometimes yeah. we'll having we'll be having a you know a uh, long road trip, but now you can do it very very quickly because everything is autonomous, and we do know when things go autonomous. A lot of time is saved. Yes, indeed. And in the world of space, we've got lots to share with you as well as we discuss a UK company that has big plans when it comes to going to the moon. They are planning to cut our journey time in half. Is this going to encourage a lot more people to visit the, the planet Mars? And are we expecting more space tourism happening because of this new company? Yes, and if you thought your messages were encrypted on Facebook Messenger and Instagram, well, you're wrong because they have just announced that they may not get the default end-to-end encryption until 2023. So we're looking at another two years until we are fully into end-to-end encryption when it does come to those two platforms. Now, that's pretty quite crazy because we do know on WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. we already have end-to-end encryption. So... What's stopping those two platforms are going to be telling you guys in just a bit. Yes, indeed. A big first is taking place today on the show as we discuss the world's most powerful rocket that will be taking astronauts to the moon. This is going to be a great help when it comes to Ar- the Artemis program as well as the UAE's plans to, vid- to visit the moon in the year 2024. Lots and lots is in store right here on the show, so make sure you keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. Now, Omnia, you know what is the, the name that I never fully understood? What is the Bob. Name? Bob? Bob. I used to call my dad Bob. <laughs> oh my god. Short for Baba, Baba back in the States. But ladies and gentlemen, we're giving you Bob Sinclair. Love Generation. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Robot assistants are making an appearance right here in the UAE and more specifically when it comes to driving schools because if you have been planning to get your driving license or even renew your vehicle registration, you may just come across a robot helping you do that process instead of an actual human being. Because police forces across the UAE are currently using robots to deliver these services. Now, we've seen robots like Pepper the Robot, many others being used in the lobbies of hotels, in 
in services like this and also in education systems. However, these robots that we're currently talking about have been deployed at the Vehicles and Driving Licenses Services Center in Ajman. So we're looking at both robots having specific tasks, each catered to what they are capable of doing. And at the end of the day, they are helping the customers. So the first robot is one that can talk and its main job is to welcome customers to the center. So it will answer any questions or queries you may have. It will offer you some information about the different services that they can offer to you at the center, like opening a traffic file, inquiring about a traffic fine, or any other service that you may be in need of information for. The other robot though, that one can accompany a customer to the required service counter. Yes, now in October, the Um Omelquin Police Department did introduce a new officer who does go by the name of Detective Robotalk, Mm -hmm. who is a robot that does investigate crimes against children. Now, the Dubai police have also recruited the world's first operational robot policeman way back in 2017. And Emily the robot was recently given a mission to promote awareness on the hazards of drugs. And again, we're looking at back in 2019 how the Abu Dhabi police have deployed a robot that does use does use AI to uncover facts in crimes against children. And the robot can detect a person's emotions and even read the questions that are written by a police officer during an interview with a child. It can also display images directed to the officer or the child through an iPad device placed on its chest. Now, we're looking at how, if you guys did notice, that most of these robots are catering to children. Because a a friendly face like a robot, now, most of the kids nowadays and most of this generation Mm -hmm. is used to robots and technology. So, in certain scenarios where, you know, the child might have a little bit trauma, might be a little bit in shock... And, you know, they might not want to talk to a human being, that that being the police officer or someone of authority. Mm-hmm. So they bring in these robots to kind of ease the pressure on these kids because at the end of the day, you know, these children know there's not an actual human being. So it might be a little bit easier to talk to a robot. And I'm loving the initiatives right here all over the UAE, how we are prioritizing, you know, the use of robots, not only in, you know, driver uh, getting your driver's license or even vehicle registration, but as well, you know, with crimes and even crimes to protect, you know, children as well. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, in the past, we used to basically only see, honestly, China and maybe Thailand or Taiwan implement such technologies. They used to be known as the world of robots, where wherever you go in, you'll find a robot just hanging around. And nowadays, the UAE is becoming the China of the Arab world because we've been seeing robots implemented everywhere in events, actually, right here in Sharjah. If you go to any of them, you'll see little tiny robots going around, um, giving away water bottles, giving away snacks, um, holding trays that have all the different snacks that you can go ahead and and get from them and these are just some few examples of how robots have been implemented to help with the COVID-19 pandemic but even when the pandemic was you know dealt with and we've adapted to it it's been accelerating more than ever yes and ladies and gentlemen we want to know your guys thoughts 4215 what do you think about robots you know what's your favorite robot my favorite robot is the robot that is intended to child safety i'm very Mm. big on child safety and i'm very big in protecting the children of the world and we see the uae prior prior prioritizing that as well and hats off to the uae again there is no leaf unturned right here in the uae and ladies and gentlemen always be kind because you don't know what people are going through
Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Every day I frequent a petrol station. I go there in the morning, <laughs> at night, during the day. I pass by. Oh, yes, you're a frequent yes. ad knock oasis goer. <laughs> yes, I love my petrol stations, whether, you know, whatever petrol station it is. I love to get my, my drinks there, some snacks when I'm driving, if I have a long uh, drive ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I like to keep myself busy, you know, drinking or eating on something. But, ladies and gentlemen, we have great news today coming mm-hmm. straight out of ad knock and how they have opened the first fully autonomous cashierless store. In the capital of the UAE, Abu Dhabi. Now, UAE fuel convenience retailer Ednock Distribution has announced the launch of a fully autonomous, contactless, and cashierless convenience store in the capital. So we're looking at basically no human interaction. Yep. You get your items <laughs> and you're out. And I love this because a lot of the times whenever we go into Adnock Oasis, we're just looking to be in and out very quickly. We just want to grab a couple of things. No need to wait in line just to pay to a cashier, especially now that a lot of people have been honestly mostly using contactless payment. I don't remember the last time I had cash on me. And that's exactly why this is the first of many convenience stores that Adnock is planning to launch in the coming months. The first one, there is exclusive access to their employees um, who would love to try it out before it's widely rolled out for everyone to go ahead and check it out and it's currently located in the Emirate of Abu Dhabi. However, this is not the first cashless and cashierless store that we've seen. Just a couple of months ago, we were talking about the Mall of the Emirates opening the first kind of an Amazon-like car for where you can go go in you don't even have to stand in line whatever you pick up is already going to be deducted from your credit card if you have the share application downloaded now adnock distribution currently operates 459 fuel stations and about 342 convenience stores so we're looking at almost 342 convenience stores soon enough becoming automated completely Yes, and I love that because, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we go into these petrol stations and, you know, there's a (laughs) lot of people. You just want to be in and out. Sometimes you have the car running or you're filling up patrol. And to kill the time, you go and you get a bottle of water, something to drink, some snack. And, you know, you see the guy who's filling up the gas finish and you're like, oops, well, I got to go back and pay the guy, but I haven't still gotten my (laughs) items. You know, your mind starts getting all cluttery and then. You have an anxiety attack. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we're seeing, you know, Ednock Distribution catering to us and making life easy once again with the use of technology and giving us this contactless, payless, cashierless mm-hmm. store. And yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we will be seeing it all over the UAE soon. Yes, indeed. But let's talk a little bit about how it works. So it's based completely on QR codes, which we've seen spread all around the UAE. Um, so you, all you have to do is basically pick up the items or the snacks that you would like to eat. You'll have the, you have your bank card on you, your Emirates ID, or even just scan the QR code. So whatever item you pick up, you'll already have it scanned on your phone, and then you can simply pay after you leave the store. So you'll either pay through the application or through the bank card that you use to enter the store and all of the details of what you bought will arrive to your phone through an e-receipt. So every shelf in the store has an LED screen. So it would typically showcase what the price of it is and if there are any promotions. And any offer or promotion is updated in real time to the phone itself or to the application itself. So you can always have access to what the new price is. 
Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at this kind of being like the Amazon store that they have in the United States. Yep. But we have it even better in mm. the places that I frequent a lot, and hopefully soon enough, we'll be seeing them all over the UAE. So let us, let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215, would you shop there more often now for your you know daily items? I get my water bottles, I get my drinks, I get my pre-workout from the gas station, and... I'll be even more inclined to go there all the time. Check this out. Check this out. A quick question to you, honey. If I were to tell you that the journey to Mars was going to be cut in half, would you be more inclined to visit Mars? One uh, day. <laughs> I think you never watched Interstellar, oh, Omnia. I love Interstellar. I've cried my eyes out watching that. Yeah, um, that's not happening to me. You've never watched The Martian. No. Yeah, that's not happening to me. Come on, you host Future Talk. You should <laughs> be the one the... encouraging people to go to Mars. You guys and can the go moon. and check it out. I'll be happy right Reporting here in the conf- back be- on Earth. You guys can tell me what's happening, and I'll tell you know the people right here on Earth what's going on. <laughs> but me personally, I've watched too many sci-fi movies to know what happens when people go to Mars. Hmm, there's a lot of risk involved, but risk that some people are willing to take. One UK company has decided to take matters into its own hands. We constantly talk about how far away the planets are, like Mars, the moon. It all takes a long time for people to arrive. So what if we can cut that journey in half by using a high-power chemical rocket engine that is capable of launching humans and satellites into outer space? This phenomenal invention is known as the Pulsar Fusion. So it's a nuclear fusion company that is currently based in Belteki in England and it carried out many static tests on the engine, firing it into full thrust to measure the performance and so far things are looking pretty promising. Yes, I mean we're looking at the company's long-term goal is to produce hyperspeed propulsion engines (laughs) which are powered by nuclear fusion technologies for interplanetary travel that could actually cut the journey to Mars by half. Now, a lot of big words, I understand, but in short, we're going to be going to Mars in half the time because of this brand new technology. Now, the test engines do produce a thrust about 10 kilonewtons, but after the success of the statistic test, the company will build a 100kn engine, and we're looking at the company just starting, just beginning, testing out these rockets and you know they will be chemical fueled mm-hmm. and the company is among a few in the world that does aim to produce hyperspeed propulsion engines that do use nuclear fusion technology yes indeed so let's talk a little bit about how long does it currently take for humans and satellites to arrive to mars so the estimated time that nasa provided us all fellow humans is Basically, between 5 to 10 months. The average has been around 7 months. That's according to the latest trip to Mars by using the Perseverance robot. But that's still about, you know, 300, 150 to 300 days of your life just gone in a journey. So if you can cut that journey in half, that means more testing is happening on Mars. And who knows? Our dream of potentially building a habitable settlement on the surface of Mars by the year 2117 may become a lot closer than we think. Yes. And again, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm excited about mm-hmm. is, you know, how we can start exploring Mars earlier. Because the earlier we start, maybe we won't have to wait till 2117, maybe even earlier. Yep. 
But also, what mm. we need to put in perspective is that maybe these chemical engine boosters can be used right here on Earth because these nuclear fusion-powered engines could travel at more than 80,000 kilometers per hour. Now, mm. let's say we put this in a plane. Oh How God. quick would it be to travel to the United States? Now, the United States takes 16 hours mm. to get here from the UAE, right? So mm. I want to see the distance between the UAE and... It's like a hyperloop. Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly, it's kind of like putting someone in, inside a hyperloop. But the question is, you got to make sure that the speed is not too fast, that our organs are damaged. Yeah, I mean, obviously... That's the main issue with, with speed. I mean, if they're going to send it to space... Yes. Uh, you know, obviously it's going to be, um, you know, sa it's going to be safe. But listen to this, right? Mm. From the UAE mm. to the United States, it is 12,561 kilometers. In time? How many hours? 16 hours. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cut in half, eight hours. Omnia, mm. the rocket can go up to 80,000 kilometers per hour. What? 80,000 kilometers wait, per hour. And we're talking about the UAE to the USA. Uh, 12,561 kilometers. So we're talking about you can get there in like four minutes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> if they use these... we'll be going to the U.S. and coming uh, back day in Do you and know night. how small our world will become? Oh, 100%. Distance will be meaningless. Yes, four minutes up, in and out, you know. And, you know, the traveling of time zones, it's very hard to grasp your Even mind around this concept. Imagine using something like this, like, let's say, go to Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi. You'll blink an eye, open another, and, and you're not, there. Yeah, not even. It's <laughs> uh, literally, that's not even a hyperloop. That's nope. hypersonic speed. <laughs> but again, I mean, we're looking at this nuclear fusion-powered engine. Yes, they are, you know, planning to use it for space, space chips, but maybe, you know, some crazy tech guy, Elon Musk, <laughs> decides he wants to use it in planes. Have you seen the video of Elon Musk with his son who... Very in a very cute manner interrupted his meeting when he was talking all about outer space. Anyway, if you are excited for this invention, you may just have to wait a couple of years because the main plan to start testing it in orbit is by the year 2027. 4215, would you be willing to go to Mars as a part of space tourism? Let us know. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? That's what the rumor is, ladies and gentlemen. The rumor has it that that's what I'm leaving you for. Adele couldn't have said it any better because mm -hmm. what the news we're about to give you, you might just leave these two applications. We're talking about Facebook Messenger and mm -hmm. the beloved Instagram, how they will not get default end-to-end -end encryption in their messaging platform until 2023. So... A lot of people love their privacy. A lot of people love their safety. But what if the two platforms that are frequented the most can't provide that to you? Yes, indeed. And what's funny about the story is that the cause of the delay, according to both platforms, has to do with user safety. How can protecting our own privacy be a threat to our safety? That will never make sense in my head. However... Meta, which is the company behind Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, is not planning to roll out end-to-end -end encryption anytime soon. So, kind of, this conversation started kind of last year because they had a plan to create a unified messaging system across all platforms. So, basically, you know, if you want to send messages through Messenger or Instagram DM or even WhatsApp, you just head to one platform instead of having three different platforms at once. And while messages, you know, were not necessarily frequented a lot on 
Facebook Messenger or even Instagram DM. I feel like a lot of people would use Instagram DM versus Facebook Messenger. However, still, people were not supportive of the idea. And uh, people said that it's not going to be coming anytime soon. However, what we didn't know is that our own safety will not be coming anytime soon. Because what they came to find out is that WhatsApp already supported end-to-end encryption by default. However, those two platforms didn't have kind of the coding to support it, which basically meant they still have to kind of play around with the code to make that become a reality. Meta does want to ensure that allowing us to have more privacy on the platform does not interfere with the ability to use the platform easily. And that's basically kind of the reason why they are not planning to introduce it anytime soon. A combination of non-encrypted data across their apps, account information and report from users are needed to keep the users safe. And all these have to happen while people are still using the application. Yes. And again, ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at how Instagram or Facebook in general cannot provide for their customers or for their users what is an in- what is intended. So again, we're looking at 2023 being the end date where we might expect, you know, end-to-end encryption and a lot of people might be on the fence about it. Would you want to be on a platform where your data, your privacy, your conversations have the chance of being, you know, interfered with? You know, someone could read what you're saying. Um, They probably have to be a very smart hacker to do so because we do know that Instagram and Facebook isn't no joke. But, you know, again, we looked at last year how Mm. the U.S. has joined the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, Canada, India, and even Japan. And it wasn't a call to give local law enforcement a backdoor encryption access, which would allow the authorities to view encrypted messages and files if a warrant is issued. So could that that be the reason why so far Facebook hasn't been able to put this end-to-end encryption on their on their platforms? Would they want the U.S. and all these countries to have you know that backdoor encryption to go and see if something could be criminalized in those messages? Mm. Who knows? You know, there's a big you know question mark when that does come to come to conversation because again. We've seen in the United States a lot of the time the authorities would ask Apple to unlock certain iPhones because that iPhone was involved in a crime and uh, we need to find out information. I, and Apple would decline to open it because they said if we open that one, we're going to be have to opening all the other ones. Thus, people will not come to us for a private and secure phone. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, should... You know, we use Instagram and Facebook Messenger now, hmm, or should we? You know, avoid it until twenty twenty three. I feel like to some people this is a no brainer. They have to use it. You know, it's just part of their day to day life. You may be able to avoid Facebook Messenger, but in many countries it's actually used widely and by a lot of people. Um, the statement from Meta though makes sense. They want to avoid future problems. So the reason why they they announced that they're going to be taking their time is because they want to get it right. They don't plan to finish the global rollout of end-to-end encryption until sometime in 2023. We may start seeing testing happening for this feature in the year 2022. However, they are determined to keep people's private communication and keep people safe online. And that's exactly why when it comes to voice and video calls on Facebook Messenger, those are encrypted. 
So if you are living in a country where there is voice calls on Facebook Messenger, your conversations are not listened and heard by everyone. So you can rest assured that that's uh, kind of confirmed. However, when it comes to text messages, that's not confirmed. <laughs> yes, let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215, our text, mes- text message lines are open. Let us know your guys' thoughts. Taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking about the world's most powerful rocket. Check this out. Check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about rockets again today. We just talked to you about a rocket that will cut the journey to Mars in half. But today, we also have a new rocket, the world's most powerful rocket, and how it will soon take astronauts to the moon. Now, the space launch system and Orion spacecraft are scheduled for a test flight to the moon next year. U.S. space agency NASA is preparing to roll out the world's most powerful rocket to a launch pad, part of a pre-launch test for its first Artemis mission to the moon. Yes, indeed. Now, the agency is currently prepping the space launch system and the Orion spacecraft. That is the spacecraft that was chosen to head to the moon through the Artemis 1 launch. And it's going to be involving a three-week uncrewed test flight to the moon. So no humans are going to the moon just yet. However, we're excited to see those spacecrafts get into that space race once again. Now, this ro- this rocket actually is 101 meter tall. It's um, 2,608 tons and it generates about 3,991 tons of thrust when it lifts off. NASA is planning to launch the first mission on the 12th of February from Florida's Kennedy Space Center to the moon very, very soon. So a lot of people may not be thinking that having the test flight taking place next year is soon. However, we have heard news from NASA that they are planning to delay their their mission even more. They had plans at the beginning to head to the moon in the year 2024, and then that went out the window and they had 2025 set as their new goal. So looking at the distance to the moon, it's quite long (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this mission will cut will kind of cut the time a bit shorter so it's going to be able to travel about 450,000 kilometers from earth thousands of miles beyond the moon over the course of about a three-week mission and it's going to be staying in space longer than any ship for astronauts has done without docking to a space station and returning home faster and hotter than ever before so they are taking some risks however they are confident that this rocket is able to withstand all that heat Yes, and again, and ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about the Artemis program, which uh, the U.S. Space Agency, NASA, has produced or has made, mm-hmm. it does aim to build a sustainable human presence on the moon. And uh, that does include a lunar orbiting station called Gateway, which is capable of accommodating astronauts. So we're looking kind of like a hotel up in space. Mm-hmm. And the Artemis 2 launch, now we just talked about one, the 2 launch is planned for 2024 and does include a crewed mission that will orbit the moon. And then we're looking at Artemis 3, which is the big kahuna, the first human lunar mission under the program. And that that was delayed actually until 2025. So we're looking at a first human lunar mission in 2025. I'm really excited for that one because we haven't been to the moon in over a decade. So I'm excited to see why we're going to the moon again and how will we 
make the most out of it this time. Yes, indeed. Now, this, the first mission that we're talking about, is going to be staying there for about six days, collecting data, bringing it back to our fellow researchers right here on Earth to make the most out of it and use it to learn more about the atmosphere of Earth. Let us know which are you most excited for, cutting the rocket that can cut down uh, the travel time to Mars in half or this one that can get us to the moon a lot faster. 4215, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this. But this does mark the end of Future Talk for today. Hope you enjoyed this hour just as much as we did. And we can't wait to see you once again tomorrow. Same time, same place, only here on Pulse 95. 95. But, hmm? ladies and gentlemen, yes? we're going to leave <laughs> you talking to the moon.